The old man sat propped up in his hospital bed. Monitors beeped numbers and flashed graphs, measuring his vital signs. His frail arms had been punctured with an endless number of needles, and a tube ran through his mouth into his lungs. He knew that life was ebbing from his body, but had prayed to Shakti to allow him to live long enough to savor the moment he had been waiting for. The room was dark, blackout curtains having been drawn to block out the sunlight, except for the psychedelic illumination produced by the moving images on television. The duty nurse sat on a chair beside his steel bed, dozing off intermittently. Light from the television sparkled in the octogenarian's eyes as he watched the 18th Prime Minister of India take the oath of office. The incessant buzzing of his three mobile phones brought his personal assistant, Menon, scurrying in. The patient in the adjoining room was complaining that the relentless ringing was disturbing him. The fifty-something secretary peeped into the room to see his employer lying on the utilitarian bed, his gaze transfixed on the images flashed from New Delhi. He was oblivious to the cacophony of phones. He had waited thirty long years for this moment, and was not about to let it be obstructed by phone calls. In any case, he couldn't talk with the damn tube in his mouth. Menon had suggested that the phones be turned off, but he had refused. I'm not ready to allow anything, including my own life, to be switched off before I've relished this moment, he thought to himself. The hospital in Kanpur was not equipped to deal with his condition. Pandit Ganga Sagar Mishra couldn't care less. He refused to bloody die in a hospital bed in New Delhi or Mumbai. Kanpur was home, and he would go meet his maker from his own abode and on his own terms. He watched the scene unfolding at Rashtrapati Bhavan. The president was administering the oath of office to the charismatic woman. She was dressed in her usual off-white cotton sari, trimmed with a pale gold border, and wore no jewellery except for a pair of simple solitaire diamond earrings. She quite obviously had the text of the oath before her on a single sheet of paper, but did not seem to need it. It was almost as if she had spent her entire life preparing for the occasion. With a crisp Oxonian accent, she was saying, I, Chandani Gupta, do swear in the name of God that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the Constitution of India as by law established, that I will uphold the sovereignty and integrity of India, that I will faithfully and conscientiously discharge my duties as Prime Minister, and that I will do right to all manner of people in accordance with the Constitution and the law without fear or favour, affection or ill will. The doyen smiled. Without fear, favour, affection or ill will. Bollocks! It was not possible to be Prime Minister without any of these, and she bloody knew it. It was only his opinion, though, but then... The wily Machiavelli had always believed that any clod could have the facts. Having an opinion was an art. 
He chuckled, and the result was a rasping cough, a reminder of his mortality, and the cancer that plagued his lungs. The Secret Service detail standing outside his room heard him cough. They wondered whom they were protecting him from. Indeed, there were many who wanted the bastard dead, but it seemed that God had other plans. It was almost like Ganga Sagar was cocking a snook at his enemies and telling them, Come and fucking get me, but I won't be around.